If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. This episode of Switchcraft is brought to you by Garth Shields. From information on how you can do exactly what Garth Shields did and help support me bringing more content like this, head on over to patreon.com slash runjumpstomp. Hey everybody, it's been a busy couple of days, but I'm back and very happy to be home. Uh, let's jump right in with feedback and then we'll move on to the news. Opper2v... Opertuv, I'm not sure how to say your name, uh, but thank you for the review. They reviewed the show. They said, superb cast and great caster. RJS is incredibly informative in not only his show, but his stream. He's family-friendly, funny, and the content is perfect. The sound bits add a ton of flavor and character to his show. This has quickly become one of my favorite shows and is easily my favorite gaming show. Keep it up, RJS. Kabuckin. Well, thank you very much, Kabuckin. Kabuckin has uh, been in the stream a couple of times, and I really appreciate uh, the support from people who both just listen to the show as well as come to the live stream when we're uh, playing Nintendo games, or sometimes not Nintendo games, because I don't want to pigeonhole myself. But anyway, uh, I really appreciate it, and uh, if you're looking for an easy way to help out, just do exactly what Kabuckin did and review the show on iTunes. Uh, even if you don't have an iTunes account, just make one real quick, review the show, it's free, and uh, it really does a lot to help out the show. Alright, let's jump in on the news. Well everyone, it looks like we've got our first app for the Switch, and it's called Nico Nico. Now, I had never heard of this before, but just based on what I saw in the video, um, it looks like it's a Japanese video sharing site, kind of like YouTube. I am not somebody who is very interested in watching stuff on my Switch. Like, I don't care if Netflix comes. I don't care if YouTube comes. However, I know that there's a lot of people out there that don't have a tablet. They only have the Switch. And having access to those things might be very important for them. So I think that this is a good step in the right direction by Nintendo to get uh, Nico Nico on the switch and i know that nintendo had originally said a while back hey these apps are coming you're just going to have to be patient it looks like they're making good on it so how long before we start seeing uh the american apps like netflix like youtube or hulu i think all of those things are, are something that we're probably almost definitely going to see in the future i mean we had these things on the 3ds for crying out loud uh, so you can even go on the 3DS eShop and download a YouTube app to watch YouTube. And I think it's really cool. Again, it's not for me. And the reason that I don't care about this is because I've got an iPad. My iPad's got a battery life of, like, forever, it feels like. I know that the Nintendo Switch doesn't have a super long battery life, so I don't personally want to eat up any of that battery life by... Um, how do I want to phrase this? Uh, by I don't want to say wasting it. I don't want to... It, for me, it would be a waste because I could just watch it someplace else. I mean, 
I am surrounded by devices that have access to Netflix and YouTube and and uh, Hulu. Uh, so all of those things, um, all of those places where you can get that. Um, sorry, somebody just sent me a message. It distracted me. Um, all of those other places, they already have a way for me to watch those things. So I don't personally need it on the Switch, but I think it's good for Nintendo to have one more place for us to see that stuff. I don't think that this is something that's going to help sell consoles, though. Not that Nintendo needs any help selling them. So right now, sitting on my Switch, is the Splatoon 2 Splatfest demo just waiting to be played. Now, if you're in Japan, and you've got this same app... Now I'm talking about apps. You've got the same game or demo on your Switch you're going to see something very different than I will. Uh, apparently, in the Japan version of the demo, it looks like the um, Splatoon uh, town, I forget what the name of the town is that all of the squid kids hang out in, but it looks like it's under construction, like they're getting ready to put up billboards and stuff like that, which is kind of interesting. I really like it when games do a kind of thing that makes the world feel a little more alive, and you can you can see how the game changes over time. So when you bring in like construction stuff and then later on you can see what the result of that construction stuff was. Uh, one of my favorite memories of this, and, and even this is, uh, this is primitive compared to um, what Splatoon is doing. Um, one of my favorite memories of this is playing an MMO called Asheron's Call. And what happened is I logged out in a town so that I could get, I think, I think the game had rested XP kind of like uh, world of Warcraft does, uh, and most MMOs. Uh, but I had lo logged out in this town and the next day when I logged in, the town was gone. Uh, and in its place, there was a giant hole in the ground and my character fell and, uh, took some damage when he, when they landed. And I remember thinking, what the heck just happened? And then if you look directly above that hole in the ground was this big, floating tower that had somehow shot in and I don't remember really the story of Asheron's call very much but I remember that moment and I remember thinking that is incredibly immersive and that's really really cool uh and I, we've seen this in many other games mostly online games uh in the past so I think that that's really cool and I like that Nintendo is doing this now a lot of people are speculating that the the current setup, what they're currently doing is they're building the Splatfest stuff. Uh, so they've got like the construction up and then that's going to be replaced by the, well, in the U.S. is cake versus ice cream in Japan. I think it was rock versus pop, um, like music styles, uh, which I find it very interesting that they're doing different ones in different regions. Uh, I almost wonder, so they have told us that we're going to have a year or two years of Splatfests. Now, they haven't said how often these are going to happen. We don't know if it's a weekly thing or if it's a monthly thing. But what if they are padding it by saying, all right, well, we've got this many. Well, actually, yeah. So we've got this many uh, here in the U.S. and then we've got this many here in Japan and then we're going to swap them. Or if if there will be completely different every every month. So maybe Japan never gets to see the cake versus ice cream and maybe the US never gets to see rock versus pop and it just occurred to me we also have Europe are they going to have something different um than the other two 
that's a interesting question, and I'm excited to play more Splatoon 2, or, or I'm excited to play Splatoon 2 this weekend. Speaking of Splatoon 2, I did just read a Reddit post, and it's something that I thought was very interesting, and I hadn't considered it yet. And that is using the split Joy-Cons to play Splatoon 2. Um, it's it's something that I had wondered about in in Zelda. Uh, so I had said when when we knew that the Switch was coming out, and they had shown us what the Switch was like, and they showed us Zelda, and I had said to myself, okay, I wonder if I can use the split Joy-Cons, one in each hand without the control grip, and only look... So uh, use the gyro to look around, but only with the right one. And the left one doesn't input that. And sure enough, it works in Zelda. Now, I tried that and then forgot about it because you really don't use the gyro too much in Zelda. Uh, you, you only use it basically for your bow. And um, is that it? Uh, maybe like looking through your, your camera and things like that. Uh, but really, you don't use it very much. Um, also you use it for, do you use it for, uh, your runes? I think you use it for your runes as well, but again, you don't really use it in combat outside of a bow and arrow. That being said in Splatoon 2, you're constant. I mean, if you have motion controls on, they're going to be used a lot. Um, and if you've never played Splatoon 1, the way that it works is basically you control left and right with your, uh, right Joy-Con by looking left or right. That's how you control the left and right camera. But up and down is disabled, and up and down you use your your the motion controls to to use. And it sounds really terrible, but it works very very well. It's one of my favorite features of Splatoon 2. And you know I've used I, I played Doom on my Steam or on on Steam using my Steam controller, which also has gyros enabled. And it really gives you the ability to very precisely move the cursor around the screen or, or uh, aim your your gun. And I really like that way of playing. In fact, it, it might be my preferred way to play first-person shooters is with a controller that has gyro enabled. So I'm, I'm very excited that, that Splatoon 2 is going to have this. Uh, this um, same gyro controls that Splatoon 1 had. But the Reddit post that I had read, and I forgot to clip it or uh, or I would put it in the show notes, but they had said it, it re- works very well when you've got the split Joy-Cons and the left one does not input um, gyro at all, but the right one does. And this allows you to kind of separate your brain into two things almost like when i play on a computer and i use wasd with my left hand and my right hand is controlling the camera with the mouse in um splatoon 2 my right my left hand is going to be acting separately just dealing with movement and my right hand is going to be dealing with aiming and because they're not connected i feel like it's a little more comfortable to play and i feel like i'm going to be more accurate now I didn't get to. Th- I didn't think of this when I played the tutorial, so I ended up playing the tutorial using the Pro Controller, and that was fine. And I couldn't find a way to reload the Pro or reload the demo so that I could. I mean, I guess I could have deleted the demo and then reinstalled it so I could do the tutorial again. But I don't know that it's really worth it, especially seeing as the game comes out in a couple days. 
but I'm really excited to try that out. In fact, that's going to be the the first way that I try it. Most of the time when I play games on my Switch, I almost always use the Pro Controller just because it's convenient and I don't have to take it off of the side of my Switch. But I think Splatoon might be the first game where I'm like, nope, I'm definitely using Joy-Cons all the time for this. Uh, and another thing that's really good is the B button is the jump button on the uh on the on Splatoon 2 and the the Joy-Cons are small enough that I can have my thumb on the joystick on the right joystick and hit B at the same time and it feels really really comfortable to do it that way. I I again, I only tried it in like the little town just moving around and looking at stuff. I didn't really get to shoot anything or try anything out like that uh because I had already completed the tutorial, but I'll let you guys know after the 15th what exa- or, you know how I how it worked for me and I want you guys to tell me what is your preferred way to to play Splatoon uh too. Are you going to be using a pro controller? Are you going to be use Joy-Cons? Will they be in a Joy-Con grip? Will they be split? Will you have motion controls on or off? Uh let me know uh email me runjumpstomp at gmail.com. Speaking of pro controllers, we've got a fix for some pro controller issues. For those of you that don't have a pro controller, there has been some reports of people using the D-pad, and the D-pad is not as responsive as they would like, where if they are quickly um, pushing a direction on the D-pad, sometimes it registers the wrong direction. Now, why would this happen? Well, Nintendo kind of changed the design of the D-pad when, uh, when it came out, and basically... Because of the way the D-pad is laid out, it doesn't prevent more than one direction from being inputted at a time. And because of this, sometimes you'll get the wrong direction. Now, I haven't really run into this that I know of. However, most of the time when it does happen to me, I'm assuming that it's because I'm just kind of fat-fingering it instead of being a little more precise. Perhaps if the Joy-Con, or not Joy-Con, if the Pro Controller um, D-pad was better, that wouldn't happen. And I really, I don't have another frame of reference on the Switch, so I don't know. Um, speaking of D-pads, I really like the D-pad on the Joy-Cons, just saying. A lot of people will think I'm crazy for that, but I really think they're good. All right, so let's take a look at the Pro Controller. Now, there is a user on Reddit... Uh, who had posted, and you can see a link in the show notes, uh, a link to a way to figure out how to fix this issue. And it's actually very, very simple. I'm I'm not going to read the whole thing, but the person who made uh, the post, very, very good details. I'm just going to give you the t- uh, TLDR at the very top. And that is open the controller and cover the inner half of the metallic contacts below the D-pad with some adhesive tape. Uh, and then that's the the easy way or the the short way of explaining it. Uh, however, the they go into very good details on how to do it. Now I'm looking at my pro controller, and surprisingly, this is very surprising. It looks like it just has regular Phillips head. I mean, they're very small Phillips head uh, screws, but uh, it looks like it just has regular screws instead of weird tri wing ones that Nintendo usually does. So I don't even think that. 
you have to have special tools for this. I could be wrong. Uh, let me pause this and just check real quick. Yeah, I just looked. I don't I don't think it needs a special screwdriver at all. So you can do this with looks like um eyeglass repair kit would have uh, the necessary screwdriver in order to fix this issue. Uh, again, I'm not the kind of person who wants to rip open their very expensive controller and uh, uh, mess around with stuff. I'm going to leave mine as is, but if you're the kind of person who has been running into issues with the D-pad and you decide to fix it, let me know how it goes. I'm very interested to hear what you guys have to say about that. What's it like? to play the Nintendo Entertainment System. Well, Max Brass is out. I played a little bit as him, and I enjoyed it, although I still think Springman is my go-to uh, guy that I'm going to be playing. But Max Brass, is, Max Brass is now out. His three uh, arms are in the game, and I'm sure that you can unlock them for other characters. Um they, it looks like they added a row to the right, basically, and uh, there's room underneath for more. So when we get that next character, um, we'll find out what what kind of arms they're going to get. Now, uh, I have a small complaint about this. Now, one of the things that I speculated was that when Max Brass came out, that the next um, final match in the Grand Prix mode would be the next... Um, playable character that we would get in the future this would give players the ability to learn how that character works even if we weren't playing as them uh kind of understand how to combat them so that when you are playing um maybe in party mode or ranked and somebody is max brass you're not like oh man i'm not sure how to fight against this guy because i already understand it because i fought against him in grand prix mode well they didn't do that. If you play as Max Brass and you get all the way to the end of the um, the Grand Prix, you fight against Mac Br Max Brass. Uh, I think that's a huge mistake by on Nintendo's part. It would have given us a whole way to get excited about what's coming up in the future. Now, maybe they did this because they don't have the next character ready. Maybe they don't even know what the next character is going to be. Um I think it was a mistake on Nintendo's part to leave Max Brass as the last guy. Um, but, hey, what are you going to do? I, th I just think it was a mistake. Um, speaking of things that are not mistakes, uh, it, that is headlock mode. I haven't had a chance to play this because, again, I was out of town the last couple days. Um, and, yes, I did bring my Switch, but it I didn't have uh, Internet access. And I guess I could have co connected my phone. Okay, I don't have a very good excuse. I guess I just wanted to play Zelda. Um, but anyway, I haven't played very much of ARMS, and one of the new modes really has me intrigued. And one of the new modes, basically, is that a ball will land in the middle of the ring, and you can either punch that, or, well, no, if you punch it, Headlock pops out. And the first character to touch or punch Headlock becomes possessed by Headlock, and then they can use headlocks um six arms uh whereas the other player then has to knock headlock off of that character and then try and steal it which is a very cool like i didn't see this coming at all uh and it also is a way to let the players play as headlock without ruining the meta of the game which i think is very important um it's important that the meta is always flexible uh and 
adding headlock into the mix with his six arms, that would upend it, I think. I think it would be way too hard to balance the game around a, a character like Headlock, so I really like the way that they did this. Each character both has the ability to pick up Headlock in the match uh, multiple times and knock it away and steal it, basically. Uh, I think it's very cool, and I'm I'm very interested to see what other cool modes that they could come up with. Uh, one idea that is completely out of left field. I don't think we would ever see, but it's an idea that I just came up with while we while I was saying this stuff. What if they came up with a capture the headlock mode where each team, and so this is a multiplayer uh, thing, okay, and maybe teams of three. So you got uh, three versus three, that's six players on the screen, okay? And <laughs> this is going to be weird. You've got like, a first-person shooter-style capture-the-flag thing. But what you have to do is you have to go catch the other team's headlock. So your character runs over there, uh, grabs the headlock, and now they have headlock. And they ha- and maybe they move slower with headlock or something like that. So now they are trying to get um, back to their base with headlock in order to score a point. How cool would that be? Now, I don't know if the engine that they've made for ARMS could do something like that, but I guarantee that people would be very, very excited to see a mode like that. Or at least when I say people, I mean me. Uh, so if you think that's a good idea, uh, just tell Nintendo and tell them that, that that Bill said that this is a great idea and that they should do that. Uh, talk to Mr. Yabuki about that. If you want a new Nintendo 3DS, I suggest you pick one up now because Nintendo has stopped production of the system. It looks like going forward, what we're going to have for the 3DS family of systems is the new Nintendo 3DS XL, the new Nintendo 2DS XL, and the Nintendo 2DS. We're no longer going to have the small ones that had the cover plates if you were... Uh, in Japan. And again, that was a Japan... Actually, it wasn't X... Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, sorry, I got distracted. Um, so, that was a Japan-only thing. The 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 new 2DS... Uh, ne- or, I'm sorry, the new 3DS... God, the naming conventions are terrible. The new 3DS never came to the U.S. It was only the XL version that came over. Well, it looks like Nintendo has said... It looks like the XL version is the one that people... That most people want anyway. So we're going to cut production. I almost knocked over my drink. We're going to cut production of the new 3DS in favor of the new 2DS XL, the new 3DS XL, and the Nintendo 2DS. Oh, my God. Um, And then, of course, also the Super Nintendo Classic and Switch. So it's pretty crazy how many different things that Nintendo is manufacturing. It's a lot of stuff. And it is no surprise that they have trouble keeping things in stock when they are making so many different things. It's like uh, they're, they're spinning plates, and on the plates are expensive electronics. And uh, there's a, just a bunch of... You, you know what? On the plates, they're spinning plates, and on the plates are... You know what? This metaphor is going nowhere, so I'm just going to stop and move on to a very interesting story about buttons. 
So those of you that have been around the, the gaming industry for a while, you know who Cliffy B is. But for those of you that don't, that's Cliff Blazinski. He's basically the guy behind the Gears of War franchise. And he has his own studio now called Boss Key Studios. Um, and they made a game called Lawbreakers. Well, Lawbreakers is on its way to the PS4. And the game's lead designer, um, shoot, what's his name? Uh, Nani, I hope I said that right, uh, had <laughs> was asked about whether or not the game was going to come to the Switch. Well, he said, well, we haven't announced that yet. Who knows? Uh, and then he was asked, but if the Nintendo Switch sells well, do you think there's a possibility? He replied, there's a possibility for everything and anything in this world. I think the hardest part with the Switch is the controls. Look at the game that we have right now. And we're just literally, by the skin of our teeth, put the entire game and, and the control pad that the P PlayStation has. That means that we could possibly make it work for the Xbox One in the same way, right? But if you're looking at the Switch, the base controller that's on the unit, it just doesn't have as many buttons. Okay, well, I'm going to give the guy the benefit of the doubt and say maybe he was thinking of the split Joy-Cons and take one Joy-Con off and that's the number of buttons that you have. Um, and what this tells me is that they're not even thinking about bringing it to the Switch right now. And they probably won't. The game is a pretty power-hungry looking game and the Switch is underpowered and I don't see them coming, uh, uh, bringing the game uh, over to it. By the way, it's a first-person shooter. Um, now, Twitter went bananas and started yelling at at at, um, at lawbreakers about this. They were very upset, showing off how many buttons. And the guy was like, all right, okay, sorry, look, I was wrong about the Nintendo Switch button count. My foot has been removed from my mouth. Mistakes are made. 13 buttons for life. Um, and people are still mad about this. I mean, the guy just made a mistake. So what do I think is the real reason? I think the real reason is because they just don't have the resources to port it to the Switch right now. They have to squeeze something that takes up this much room and squeeze it into a smaller space, uh, kind of like the genie in Aladdin, okay? Um, unlimited power, itty-bitty living space. So when I look at this and people are getting really upset about it, I think that you're upset for the wrong reasons. And I think a lot of people, they want every single game to come to the switch. And, and I understand that I really do. And I think that this guy was just having an interview. It's not like they finally crafted a press release. Um, Dan Nani was just having an interview and he just, he kind of went off, off book, you know? And I'm sure that the real reason is all about power. And I know a lot of people are like, well, no, I'm not going to buy Lawbreakers on any platform because you insulted my intelligence. Okay, well, I don't think that he meant to insult anyone's intelligence. He was speaking off the cuff, and he made a mistake. Um, the fact that he doesn't know how many buttons are on the Switch tells me that they're not even considering it because if they were considering it, they would have probably looked at the controller maybe. So I think that I think it was at a, a a point where he was like, I'm not really sure how to answer this, so I'm going to make up an excuse, uh, and he apologized. So people lay off, give him a little room to breathe. If you just want another console that's going to have exactly the same games that are on all of the other consoles, then just buy one of the other consoles. For me, 
when I buy a Switch, or when I bought a Switch, or when I buy anything from Nintendo, I buy it because Nintendo does things differently. And would it be nice if I had the option to buy Lawbreakers for the Switch? Sure, it would. But not every game is going to be something that can happen on the Switch. Nintendo sacrificed power for portability. And that is something that I'm very happy that they did, especially after sitting in my hotel room last night, because my family didn't go with me. So I was sitting in my, not last night, two nights ago. So I was sitting in my hotel room a couple nights ago, and I was playing Zelda. I had my headphones plugged in, sound was cranked up, and I'm just sitting there. Um, I had it in um, kickstand mode on the table and sitting in a chair and just playing for a couple hours. Uh, and by the way, the battery life for the Switch is great, and it's plenty for me. Um, but they made sacrifices in order to give people that experience, the experience that I was just talking about. And I think it's okay for developers to say, well, it's too much work for us to modify our game to bring it to the Switch. That's fine. Please don't jump down everybody's throat just because they're not supporting the platform that you love. If you really want to buy their game, if you really want Lawbreakers, then you got to get a PS4. And that's just the way it is because all of the people on PlayStation, I'm sure that some of them really want to play Zelda Breath of the Wild or Super Mario Odyssey. And what would we tell them? We'd say, well, I guess you better get a Switch then, huh? And so I totally get why people are irritated why he said that. But once he apologizes and says, hey, I was just, it was a mistake. We're not trying to insult anybody. Okay, accept their apology and move on, because people just went bananas after this guy. All right, everybody, I'm going to lightning round these last three stories. Number one is Nintendo reaches out to Arcane Distillery to develop Nintendo Switch uh, games. This is coming from Luke Bernard, who is the... um, Oh, the director and creator of a few games from that company, uh, Death Tales, Plague Road, Manufactured Beauty, and Witch Trials, Mecho Tales, Kitten Squad, Desert Ashes, and more. Uh, And he tweeted, so Nintendo America visited, no, I'm sorry, so at Nintendo America today invited us to the program to become Nintendo Switch developers. Thoughts, people? Uh, And cool i've never actually heard of any of these games these are all playstation games uh and some people were like as long as you don't give up on the vita i'm cool seems nintendo is really trying to scoop up the remaining support from the vita which is very very good uh so luke bernard replied he says we've got a lot of vita replaces uh releases in the pipeline so it's like they're they're saying they're not giving up on the vita but nintendo's looking at what they've done on the vita and saying you know it seems like the Nintendo Switch is kind of a very good, um, almost a successor to the Vita. I mean, yes, the Switch does things very, very differently. The Switch is way more powerful than the Vita. Um, however, well, is it way more powerful? I, I really don't know. I don't have a Vita. Um, you guys let me know. But anyway, I just wanted to let you guys know that Nintendo has reached out to this game developer, and he is at Luke Bernard, that's at L-U-C-B-E-R-N-A-R-D, and if you want their games coming to the Switch, then follow that guy and tell him, yes, bring your games to the Switch, we will buy them. 
Um, none of these games are games that I've played, but they all looked kind of cool. Uh, Splatoon 2 uh, also has had some really, really cool live-action advertisements. Um, they don't feature any language, and uh, so I know that they're Japanese commercials or European commercials, but, I mean, you can enjoy them anywhere because there's no there's no talking going on over them. Uh, but basically, it shows people in the real world running around and then uh, paint being flung everywhere. They look really awesome, and I think the reason I put this in the show notes is because I wanted to talk about how great Nintendo's marketing has done this time around. If we look at the Wii U era, I feel like Nintendo completely dropped the ball on how they were going to market their games. And I think that's one of the many reasons that the Wii U flopped so badly. So Nintendo marketing has been uh, batting a thousand lately, and I'm really impressed and looking forward to Splatoon 2. I just can't. I'm, I'm so excited for that game. Uh, the last lightning round story is Mario Kart VR looks really, really rad. Um, I'm not a VR guy. I don't have a VR headset. The idea of putting something on my head, like all I can imagine is how hot and sweaty it would make me feel. That being said, this looks really cool. Like they showed some video and you can see the link in the show notes of somebody in a race in Mario Kart VR. And, you know, as they were passing people, they were turning their head to look at the person as they were passing. And it looked really cool, especially because as they were passing it, the other character that they were passing turned and looked at them at the same time, which was very neat. Um, it's kind of odd the way that they're doing items. They had items hanging from balloons, it looked like. And as you drove by them, you could reach up with your hand and grab them. Uh, and then you could throw them with your hand in order to hit the other people. I think that this is very cool. Now, what is this? It's an arcade game, so you actually have to go to an arcade. And that that tells me right now this is never something that I will try because I have gone into uh, video game stores before where they've had a demo unit set up, and you look at the controller, and it's all grimy and nasty because mom was off shopping, and she let the kids stand there and play the game for a little bit, and they're picking their nose, and they just get nasty and slimy and gross and really, really not not something that you want to touch, especially unless you want to get the plague. Um, I can't imagine taking something that hundreds of people have put on their head and then putting it on my face. That seems like a pink eye epidemic waiting to happen. If there was some way for me to have my own and have it be cheap enough where, because right now, and I've talked about this before, maybe not on the show, but on the stream, uh, where VR looks like a really cool thing that I would love to try, but it's so expensive that it prohibits me from just impulse buying it. It has to be impulse buy level, like maybe $99 and then I might be okay with it um, to buy it without trying it. The only way to try it is to go to a store and put this um, this disease-ridden thing on my face, and I just can't imagine doing that. So anyway, Mar that's beside the point. We've gone down a rabbit hole. I saw a shiny thing, and I got distracted by it. Mario Kart VR looks pretty rad. I wish that I had a way to play it right now because it looks fun. All right, uh, let's wrap it up. Which way to go? Good times.
Well, ladies and gentlemen, that's all the time that we have for today. If there's a story that I missed or a topic that you want me to discuss, go ahead and email me, runjumpstomp at gmail.com. You can give me a call, 260-RUN-JUMP. That's 260-786-5867. You can jump in our Discord. And uh, by the way, speaking of the Discord, I'm currently working out a way for patrons to be able to listen to me record the show live um, in our Discord. So make sure that you join Discord, and I think that you'll have to make sure that your Patreon account is somehow linked to your Discord account. I need a patron to help me figure this out um, because I can't be my own patron, uh, so I'm I'm not sure how it works. Uh, But anyway, other ways that you can uh, find me is stopping by the live stream from time to time, twitch.tv slash runjumpstomp. You're listening to this after the fact, but right after I finish recording, I'm going to jump right in and play some Zelda. If you're looking for ways to support the show, you can buy Doc Socks from my wife's Etsy page. You can join the Patreon, as I was just saying. You can use my Amazon affiliate link, which costs you nothing. And it gets me a little a little bit of cash to help support the show. If you're looking for these ways to support the show, just head on over to runjumpstomp.com slash support, and you will have my forever gratitude. Gratitude forever is what I meant to say. All right, guys, that's it. I got to go. You have an awesome day. Bye-bye.